The thing that leaps out at me is... What is that? This is the Rich Eisen Show. Maybe the Niners hold on to Garoppolo? How can you say it's Trey's team, we have moved on? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. There's no real reason to have that person around. I think you got to cut bait. Earlier on the show, University of Cincinnati head coach Luke Fickle. Packers running back Aaron Jones. Coming up, Pro Football Hall of Famer Kurt Warner. Your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. If you missed the first two hours, um, I don't mean to be so aggressive, but where have you been? (laughs) Um, So... You missed our number one with Luke Fickle of Cincinnati calling in from his vacation. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> you missed a very hard-hitting conversation with Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers, um, asking him the meaning of his tweet from last month, wondering if cereal is soup. Um, we will also talk some football with him and Luke Fickle as well. Um, if you missed any of it, YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show is there for you, and we, uh, we're always there for you. Kurt Warner my colleague from the NFL Media Group and NFL Game Day Morning and Westwood One's coverage of Monday Night Football. He's going to be calling in in about 20 minutes' time. Can't wait to ask him what he thought of the independent study clause coming and going in, uh, in um, Kyler Murray's contract. And the one thing I do want to ask Kurt is because he watches a ton of film. I don't know anybody who watches more film than Kurt. Have there been any um, moments where he looks at Kyler Murray's film and it caused him to wonder, how did Kyler not see that? Is he, is he, is he not studying enough? Something that I don't think anybody thought about Kyler Murray until this clause came out and now disappears. Poof. Uh, So Kurt's going to be joining us shortly. Uh, Brockman is spending today in Las Vegas, Nevada. So in his spot is Susie Schuster. Good to see you, Susie, for hour number three. Great to see you, Rich. And then uh, Michael Del Tufo is taking today off as well. Imagine that. Uh, Good to see you, Jason Fung. I get nervous this close to beautiful women. So, oh, really? Oh, oh, I'm keeping it together. What is but, going uh, on over oh, here, belly. man? Are you serious? This man is sitting right in front of you. It's okay. I don't understand. That's a compliment. You know, I like every gonna... second of, course, of it. Of course he does. Wow. Of it's course. my last day now. But... You do. No, stop. <laughs> hey, TJ Jefferson, how are you, brother? Well, I came you? to work, unlike your other boys, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Vegas. I hate Vegas with every Careful, bit of my Careful, we're on being. in Las Vegas, Nevada, Susan. I'll tell you why. We're on in Nevada. I know. We were. Okay. I like Nevada. Okay. I just don't do well in Vegas. I know you don't do well in Vegas. I have uh, the polar opposite view of that. You uh, love Vegas so much that you want a statue for Mo Green. Like, Well, it is an, uh, an outrage. A How do they not even a have plaque, a plaque, a plaque. Or, or a signpost? You would think after all of these years... That that would be taken care of, and there would be some type of recognition. Yeah, of I know. Mo. Did Rich tell you that we watched Godfather back to back? Yes. Yes. Yep. On the way back. It from was Rome. one of the most well, fantastic Susie, situations of my you life. You have to after you watch the offer, which I heard you guys did, and that was Loved all, it. you have to watch the Godfather after watching the offer. Loved it's it. Like, it was terrific. Yeah. By the way, did you see that there the uh, the Godfather home in Staten Island, my hometown? Uh, there's like, like you can get it on an Airbnb for like a hundred bucks a night. That whose house? The God, where they shot The Godfather. I mean, like the, the Corleone's house. Well, apparently it doesn't look that way inside, uh, well, but it's the where you know where uh, where the, the, the where the took wedding place. took place. Yeah. How much? And James Caan and may he rest in peace broke the camera and put through the money on the ground as he told us <laughs> before he passed away in the, and the interview. Props in guy was not he, happy. Props guy was not happy, <laughs> and he had the money in his pocket that was totally ad lib. So. And it was golden. 
Yeah, yeah it was you, you love Vegas. Like you get so excited when you. Go I do there. love going there, and now you know. Because I mean, there for the draft. I mean, when the Super Bowl goes there, it's going to be insane. Is there? There's no greater place on this planet than Vegas for 48 hours, and then on that 49th hour, <laughs> there might not be a worse place on God's green earth than being in Vegas. Oh my gosh! Eight four four two zero four rich being the number to dial here on the show. We'll take a couple of your phone calls. We got TJ's big ass grab bag coming up, and uh, after Kurt Warner. Do want to pause here for a moment? That's uh, for later on, yes. Uh, do want to pause here for a moment and talk about our friend, Suze, Charles Barkley. Um, and Charles Barkley has indeed made his... What do we got here? Okay. I do want to pause for a moment here and talk about our, our, our good friend, Charles Barkley, uh, Susie, um, that he said he was going to play in the live tournament uh, of the Celebrity Pro-Am, I guess, yesterday in, um, in New Jersey. And if he didn't get an offer by the time he left, he was done with them. And um, it's what he told Dan Patrick. And he told Andrew Marchand of the New York Post that he is uh, no longer going to be interested in the live tour. I don't know if they didn't make him an offer. I don't know if they made him an offer that he could refuse. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. To use the offer phrase. But um, he is going to stay with Turner. He said he didn't want to leave them hanging any longer. And all I will say is for all of us, all of us who love Charles Barkley and for all of us who love Charles Barkley with Ernie and Shaq and Kenny in the hands of the Turner Sports family, we are grateful and thrilled about this news Yeah, because I love Charles Barkley. I love watching Charles Barkley. It would absolutely be a bummer to tune in on Thursday nights and not see him because he was at some live golf tournament somewhere on planet Earth talking about what is uh, currently on this tour, exhibition golf. I imagine they think after two, three, four, five years, there might be some tradition built up that, you know, so-and-so won that tournament at that spot in that place and that time, and that made it a classic moment because we all watched it on either – uh, online, or they hope to have gotten a television contract. But if they didn't offer um, Charles Barkley a, a contract, uh, I'm totally mystified by that. Because if the Live Tour, Tour wants to get on television, with, with all due respect to all those players who joined the tour, the one person that would absolutely cause you to tune in as a curiosity factor off the bat would be to hear Charles Barkley call a real, you know, live golf tournament that doesn't have just two football players or two basketball players teamed up with two real golfers, uh, you know. And automatically the conversation piece around the Live Tour centered around Charles Barkley and his decision and the attention he was bringing to it. So I don't know what happened, but all I know is I'm grateful for it. And I know you feel the same way, Suze. You know? My word is relieved. I'm so relieved that he's not doing this. This live tour has become so politicized overnight. Well, And I think that Charles is very aware of where he stands in the world. And I think he takes it seriously. He may have said I'm not a role model a long time ago. But I think he is. He is. For a lot of people. And I know he does. He says that that responsibility shouldn't be his or what have you. But 
I mean, he's so important on so many social issues that would joining this tour would have undercut him. And I, I know what he says that he thinks that it's a hypocritical to call this sports washing and what have you, because many businesses do uh, business with either the Saudi government or governments that um, are, are not democratic. Let's put it that way. But, the, you know, and, and then the question is, what does the live tour want to be? That's the question I have, because they say it's a more fun, let your hair down a little bit golf experience, right? It's 54 holes, not 72 holes. Everybody gets paid. By the way, that whole business of next year, they're going to have $400 million worth of purses. And, you know, Trump said, well, the golfers are paid better on this tour than the PGA Tour. Nobody cares about that. I do not care that, wow, somebody wins $15 million for a golf tournament or $10 million for a golf tournament. I don't give a crap. I'm tuning in for the stories, and I'm tuning in for the competition. That's why we love sports. You're tuning in for the stories, somebody's journey. I'm not like, well, wow, I've got to watch that because the winner makes that much more money, and who cares? I don't care. And so what does this tournament and this, this tour want to be? Because like I said, uh, it's more fun. There's shotgun starts and, you know, there's avatars for teams and they're because they are teams. They're not just individuals or teams and they win this money for teams and this money for individuals and and uh, and they play rock music. You know, they play music. Right. Phil Mickelson strolled to the first team his first time and they played, you know, money. Right. Oh, Isn't yeah, that right, funny? Yeah. Right. And we all thought that was a joke or a gag that somebody put over the video, but it really happened. Well, this time, uh, things are turning a little bit, and this is what the Live Tour is going to have to expect, certainly if they're playing 50 miles from the spot where the towers came down and 9-11 families are protesting outside of the golf course where they are playing. This is going to happen, certainly if you're going to the Northeast. Put it up, uh, Hoskins. Rick Mace, who covers uh, us this for the Washington Post, Day one of the Live Golf event at Trump National is now underway. As Phil Mickelson approached his first tee shot, someone in the crowd yelled, do it for the Saudi royal family. Mickelson put his shot in the bunker and bogeyed the hole. The fan was quickly approached by a staffer and warned not to do that again. Oh, really? What? Are we editing? Wait a minute. Is it not free speech? And I understand that... um, players need it quiet right if this was a pga tour tournament a a patron or fan would have been told to pipe down as well but that's because this is a tournament and we're not playing rock music we're not creating a party atmosphere right so what are we doing are we is it a party atmosphere or anything can go and whatever or no we're we're actually going to tell you if you open your mouth you can't talk about the saudi aspect of this thing once again, a bad PR move. Uh, let's not talk about who's behind it, but let's uh, let's talk about uh, uh, making sure you don't open your mouth about it. This feels dangerous. This feels dirty. I know this how doesn't you, feel good. I know how you feel about it, and I and and again, every player has the opportunity to take this money. But if you take the money, certainly for the first couple of years of this thing, this is what you're going to get. And Charles, I think, knew that as well. And I think 
he made the right decision unless the decision was essentially made for him. If Greg Norman took him to dinner and didn't have an offer in his back pocket along with the credit card to pay for the dinner, then uh, that, that would have sent up a signal to me. Like, what do you mean am I interested? I'm here, aren't I? Greg, just me being here. Do you, do you know I've got a deal with Turner that pays me a lot of money and I've got all these sponsors with a lot of money? The mere fact that I'm here at dinner for you is going to get out. As a matter of fact, it's everywhere. People are calling me up left and right, hitting me up too. And uh, what do you mean, am I interested? I'm here. So I don't know. If they didn't offer him a contract, then they're out of their friggin' minds because he he would have helped them get a, a, a television deal faster, I would think. At any rate, if you go to a live golf tour event, just be careful what you say. That's all. Look around. Have your head on a swivel. Words I shouldn't really say, I guess. Jeez. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. Uh, let's go to Nathan in L.A. here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Nathan? Hey, Rich. Good to talk to you again. How are you, sir? So I'm, I'm calling today just because I want to commend you. One of the reasons I listen to this show is I can count on you to deliver information to me that is, in fact, well-vetted is mm. and dependable. And okay. I say this, of course, in response to the people you had to respond to earlier this week oh. who didn't do the simple act of vetting the information they were putting out there in an, in an era when this is all too common. And I just want to commend you for doing the job the way it's supposed to be done. And I know that's maybe okay. so simple, but oh. I very much appreciate you. And that's why I rush this show, because I can count on you to give me information that is reliable. Nathan, thank you for that. I greatly appreciate that. And I honestly thought you were going with a, a, a tongue-in-cheek independent study reference right there, but you actually went serious. So I greatly appreciate your, and I know you call into the show a lot, so thank you. I appreciate you uh, calling you. in on that. And, you know, I, I do, I guess, want to hit this a little bit too, because uh, he's referring to me responding about um, my contract talks with NFL Network over the last several months. Something uh, Susie has had a front row seat for. <laughs> <laughs> a front row seat for. Do me a favor. Uh, would you turn off her microphone for a second? <laughs> yeah, Just joking. It's a joke. <laughs> Um, I have no idea who to listen no, to at this point. Stop it. Is someone going to come up to me and say, easy, don't say that right. again? I'm not sure which one's my like boss. Like the Live Tour? <laughs> the REF yeah, Tour? The Live Tour is going to say, pipe down. No. Susie's had a front row seat for all of it. And, and the reason why I, uh, he's mentioning, look, the, the, the gentleman who wrote for Front Office Sports probably heard that my contract wasn't signed or I hadn't signed anything officially yet. And as of this moment, I haven't. I'm still waiting on the paperwork. Um, but we agreed to terms about a month before the story came out. So you'll and, be back. And, the, and, and I just, the reason why I'm bringing this up again, again, not just because Nathan hit it, is because the reaction I got from a lot of folks about what I said and how I said it was, um, uh, was something I take to heart, and I heard it because I said that I don't like talking about this sort of stuff because I don't think you're interested in it. That's why I don't bring it up. Plus, it's my own personal business, and I don't talk about my own personal business as it's being conducted in real time. It's, you know, you don't negotiate through the television set or the radio. That, that's not the way you do anything. But the, I, I, the reason why I said I don't like talking about it as well is I just don't think you're interested in it. You'd rather hear me talk about 
what other people were pointing out, other people's contracts. And they were <laughs> kind of like, hey, it's interesting. You say you don't want to talk about your contract. Aren't you talking about Lamar's? Aren't you talking about Kyler's? Aren't you talking like that? And I kind of sat there. I'm like, yeah, that, that must stink for them too. But I'm also not the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals or the Cleveland Browns. You might say I'm the quarterback of game day morning. You could say that. I understand that. But you're definitely the quarterback here. I don't know about game day because you don't have a Super Bowl ring, so they might. Yeah, again, I just want to bring that up. But it was it was noted. It was noted that a lot of folks were like, you know, interesting. You say you don't want your contract being talked about when all you do is talk about other people's contracts. I'm like, okay, I see you. It's an interesting sensitivity that I should bring to my conversations about it in the future. But I I don't know. I I I I would like to think that if um you know. Lamar doesn't sign his contract with the Ravens. It might have a bigger impact on a lot more people than whatever I'm doing professionally. Well, I'm that, just that's, that out there. that's true, but like I'm kind of like tied to you now. So like <laughs> if, if something goes astray for you there, it could indirectly affect okay. me. Very so good. Yeah. Okay. this is the business yes. we've chosen. Thank you. Hyman Roth chiming in. Well done. <laughs> now you know what that is, Suze. And I love it. All the Godfather <laughs> two drops that we've been playing here now because you've because you never saw Godfather. No, she before? saw it, but I not for like twenty it. years. Oh, not for a, while. I saw not it for in a college, long time. But I hadn't seen it since. And now I know he's sitting on the sofa having the tuna fish sandwich that his wife brought in. So now I have context. When Hyman <laughs> says that, yeah, like all Jews in Miami, uh, he's holding a tuna fish sandwich. Yes, actually, that was the scene where he was watching the Notre Dame USC game. Mm-hmm. The business we've chosen came when uh, it was time for the money that came to the island through Fredo's uh, briefcase to be placed on the on the table. And it hadn't been oh, presented right. yet to Mo Green. And the reason why, why are you holding back? And he wanted to know who gave the order on hitting Frank Pantangeli. And uh, that's where things turned a little south. <laughs> I mean, that movie's 50 Oh, God, I could old. talk about it over and over <laughs> and over again. But Kurt Warner's about to join us, so let's get to him. And then the phone lines have suddenly lit. I, I'm wondering if that's the live tour conversation. Snacks. It's <laughs> snacks. It's snacks. 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 I want to consult. There's the big-ass grab bag as well yeah, uh, from uh, TJ Jefferson. So oh, lots yeah. to get to over the next 40 minutes. Before we get to uh, the weekend, let's get to Kurt Warner when we come back on The Rich Eisen Show. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is 
unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here with our terrestrial radio outfit, all one big happy family here on this busy Friday. Kurt Warner, my buddy from the NFL Media Group, NFL Game Day Morning Pro Football Hall of Fame. Westwood won. Uh, He calls the games with the great Kevin Harlan on Monday Night Football. I'm the studio host for that on Westwood One. That's my windup. Here's the pitch on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, my buddy Kurt Warner. How are you doing, Kurt? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? Uh, Better for talking to you. I do miss you. But uh, yeah, you, too, but you know what? Coming soon. I know it's, <laughs> we're going to spend way too much time together uh, in short order. So uh, that's coming soon. Um, let's just jump right into it. Um, I don't know if you've gleaned already from this introduction uh, that I'm on my A game because I did my independent study this week, Kurt. Um, you know, my NFL Network issued tablet. I hit it. Uh, I did the required uh, uh, studying. That's my setup for what you think of you, that. You, I was going to say, you have required, required, <laughs> a required amount of time yet to study? I guess so. Uh, okay. I, I need to check so. the fine print. Um, that's my way of getting in to ask you, what'd you think of all that? <laughs> what'd you think of all that, Kurt? Uh, man, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, you know, I think that's something that really should be between the organization and the player. I mean, obviously, there was something there um, that the Cardinals felt they needed to to have that clause in the contract um you know and Tyler obviously had no problem signing that part of the contract um you know if all I would have said is if somebody came to me and said hey we're gonna put this clause in your contract I'd have signed it as well because it's like okay I mean I I do way more than that anyway so I'll whatever clause they want Uh, you know I think the question more is why did the Cardinals feel there was a need for that um, but I thought Kyler made really, you know, some good points yesterday, but specifically that there's, there's a lot of different ways to prepare for getting ready for a game. And it's not just film study. It's not just watching your opponent's film. Um, you know, I, I talk to quarterbacks all the time about knowing who they are as a quarterback because your preparation should be designed around who you are. You know, I think about Peyton Manning, and I don't even know the answer to how much film Peyton watched. But so much of what he did was based off of what the defense did. You know, if they were going to do this, he was going to change the play to that. Uh, I was a guy that was less dictated, you know, before the snap by what a defense did, and I played more after the snap. So, so much of my preparation was spent studying what we were going to do, what our offense was going to do, what formations we were going to run certain plays out of so I knew that so well that when a defense did something I could react and play so you know how would that show up what would that look like how would a team know how much time I spent Hmm. prepping that way as opposed to watching the opponent's film so there's just a lot of ways to do it and uh, I don't know the premise behind why this clause was in there or what the Cardinals didn't see um but the bottom line is, is you have to get yourself ready to play on Sunday afternoons. Whatever that prep schedule looks like, it looks like um, everybody does put in work. But there was some disconnect there that 
the Cardinals wanted to see something different. And to me, it sounded like Kyler agreed to whatever different it was. Um, and then and then you had the press conference. Well, nobody in, in my life uh, watches more film that I know of than you. And um, for your QB confidential that you do all the time, and also for um, for us uh, on NFL Network and for you, for everything that you do, any time watching Kyler Murray film, did, did you get the the sneaky suspicion that he wasn't fully prepared? Were you making throws or situations where he didn't look like he's ready to roll? You know, I think the bigger, you know, Rich, when I, when I watch film, I'm always breaking down these QBs, and I break them down a lot based on how I played the game or more, you know, more specifically, how they play in the pocket. Do they know, you know, what they're looking at? Is their timing good? All of those different things. And so, does Kyler have some work to do in that regard? Yeah, he does. I mean, he's a young quarterback that's growing. Uh, he's a quarterback that for so long has you know, has been able to depend on his physical gifts, whether that be moving or throwing, um, that I think a lot of times those guys, and, and again, this isn't a knock on those guys, they get further and further being able to, to focus on athleticism and, and making plays. And – as no fault of their own, they're not forced to learn how to play the position like a guy like me. You know, that, hey, when I got to whatever stage that was, you know, high school, college, where it's like, I'm not the best athlete on the field. I better figure out how to do this a different way. I'm forced to do some of those things earlier. And so I learned to play the game differently at an earlier stage. Usually the athleticism catches up to guys where – at some point, they've got to know how to do that to a really high level if they're going to play at the highest level. Uh, I think that's something that Kyler's still learning because he's been able to fall back on the athleticism so much throughout his career. And, you know, and again, I'm not just going to put Kyler there because there's a lot of young quarterbacks that are, you know, at the stage going into year four that are learning all of those nuances. There are some guys that have been in the league for 10 years that are still getting better at that. And so, you could you could point to some of that stuff and go well you know, maybe it's because he's not watching enough film or he's not I don't know if that's the answer or if it's just a young guy learning how to play the position and having room to grow. That's a very nuanced answer to your yes or no question, Kurt. I'll be very well, honest with you. Everything I do is nuanced. No, I know that. You, but I, you I have sat next to you. Yes or no question. I know. I, I have. I have. <laughs> I have sat next to you while you were pointing out to me somebody's film work and. You know, I, I'm not going to say any names, but they're future first ballot Hall of Famers. And you'd say, what was this guy looking at? You, you would say that a lot. And I would never sit there and think that's because they're not studying. And that's why this thing is kind of surprising. Um, and Murray said it himself. Well, if you think I've gotten to this point without having a great work ethic at my body type and my shape and my, uh, you know, uh, level of, of excellence, then that, that, I'll take that as a compliment. So that's why I don't know where this... Let me say this too, though, Rich. I, I, I recall reading this, and, and if I'm wrong, you know, I'll, I'll take ownership of that. But I, I thought I recalled reading uh, an article that, that Kyler, you know, did a year ago or so. In the New York Times. Where, yep. Yeah, where they were talking about, you know, watching film and how much he studied. And I thought one of his comments was, I don't have to do as much as some other guys because the game kind of just comes natural to me and I... I just kind of see it. Um, and, and so, okay, well, that may be true, but maybe things like that 
lent itself to this kind of clause where, yeah, Kyler's been really good at times uh, in his NFL career. We know that. And there's been other times he struggled, and especially, you know, in the bigger moments, uh, you know, you should say against some of the better teams, he struggled at times. You know, maybe that, you know, kind of comment, those kinds of things led to, hey, maybe we can help him take that next step. You know, he's been really good, but let's help him take that next step. And, and maybe part of it is, you know, like organization saying, film study film study might help that so let's put that clause in the contract kurt warner here on the rich eisen show my hall of fame compadre from nfl game day morning westwood one and so much more you spent some time for inside training camp i saw yesterday with trey lance what did you glean in san francisco man great kid uh, I, I never had met him before uh i heard some great things it was great just talking to him both off camera and on camera uh you know talking to Everybody throughout the organization really excited to have him as their leader. Not a knock on Jimmy at all. Mm. Uh, simply just uh, they love the kid, and they said they've seen the progress. Uh, you know, talking to guys like George Kittle, saying, "Man, it's been fun to watch the growth and, and see him get better." Um, and so they're excited about what he can bring to the table. Um, you know, watching the second day of practice. I would say the defense won the battle against Trey more than, than Trey won, but that's also common uh, early in training camp that the defense is ahead of the offense, especially with a young guy that hasn't played much. But um, just liked his demeanor, loved everything that he had to say, the way that he was working, um, and loved what I was hearing from everybody there collectively. We're, we're really excited about the season, and now it's uh, you know it's going to be exciting to see where he's at in year two and and what to expect from him. Uh, you know, I asked him one of the questions in my interview is that, you know, you're not taking over a team that's not very good. You're taking over a team that went to the NFC Championship game last year. Does that, you know, create more pressure or less pressure? And, you know, he didn't really answer the question, but <laughs> I'm interested to see, you know, do, does he feel more pressure and feel like he's got to do a lot because this is a team that was so good a year ago? Or can he step back and just say, hey, I'm around a really good team. I don't have to do everything, and I don't have to force the issue, and I don't have to live up to all of those expectations early in the season. So something that uh, that I'm looking forward to, to watching uh, as we get started. Well, I'm not going to ask you, can he pull it off? Because, you know, uh, you're, you're the man from the Northern Iowa who had a movie made about that very question. Can somebody pull it off for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations otherwise and step in? Clearly him stepping in in this moment is different than the manner in which you wound up stepping in in St. Louis. So what is his biggest challenge, Kurt Warner, from your perspective? What do you got? Yeah, I would say that his biggest challenge is just being able to manage uh, the different situations that he's going to face. Uh, and, and again, I liken it to my situation is that I sat on the bench for four years in college as well, not just playing at the level that he played at, but you know, really played a, you know, about as many games, just a, a few less games. But then I also had you know, three years of arena football and one year of Europe before I came back to the NFL. And what I felt about all that time that I was out of the league and, and playing those other leagues was I got to experience a lot of different situations. I got to play a lot of football that I didn't get to play in college. And so when I came back to the NFL, I was so much more ready for those things. That, you know, arena football was like a two-minute drill every time I touched the ball. The expectation of scoring and winning. And 
I think those are some of the things that, you know, we're going to see how he handles those things that he hasn't really faced very much in his career because he hasn't played a lot of football. And so being able to manage and handle the pressure of those situations, I think, will be the biggest challenge for him. Kurt Warner here on the Rich Eisen Show. I've been asking all of my friends and colleagues who have come on this week this question, and you're the next one, Kurt Warner. The most intriguing team in the NFL entering 2022 for you is which? Wow, most intriguing. Yes, sir. Um, how, how are people answering it? Okay. Uh, Mark, in terms of- sure. Mark Schlereth threw out Tampa Bay. Um, okay. And um, I, I would agree with that because of the Brady of it all and the Todd Bowles of it all and how this could be Brady's final window. Julio Jones is now on that team. Um, Daniel Jeremiah, our colleague from NFL Network, said Minnesota. Field Yates okay. of the worldwide leader in sports went with the Los Angeles Chargers. I've okay. been saying the Raiders are going to yeah. win that division. I'm just uh, tap yeah. dancing a little bit so you can figure yeah, out no, what I, your answer I, I is, Kurt. You. you know, yeah. I mean, okay. uh, yeah. I was wondering if you were going with trigging for teams that you know could maybe win it all or, or maybe come yeah, just, out. It I could be Detroit. Tariqa went Detroit. You know, Tariqa yeah. went Detroit. I think he went yeah. uh, with that one. So I'm, I'm going to go with Green Bay. Um, you know, for some of those similar reasons uh, uh, in, that Mark went with Tampa is that you know you got Aaron Rodgers. You know, getting closer to the end and. You know, I think we all want to see him get another run to the Super Bowl and, and have that opportunity with how great he's been. No Devontae Adams. Um, you know, so we've you know heard the joke from, you know, Aaron this week, Hall of Famer to Hall of yes, Famer. That was you know, who's gonna who's gonna step up on the outside to help Aaron, you know, become do we see more of Aaron's greatness because now there is no Devontae Adams. Does this team look completely different? Do they start to run the football and you know, is their pass game, could it possibly be a complimentary piece um, when you have Aaron Rodgers? Uh, you know, can they can they get back there without without that guy? You know, you look at Tampa, they just signed Julio Jones. I mean, they got that guy everywhere. You know, if, if all those guys play that well, they've got a number one guy everywhere across the board. Where Aaron, I don't know if he's got any of those guys. So I think that's a situation that's intriguing because the AFC is loaded. You can look at a lot of those teams and be intrigued by them. NFC, to me, there's not nearly as many of those really, really good teams. You know, you got Tampa, you got the Rams for sure. Who else is going to get in the mix? You got to believe Green Bay is going to be around, but do they have enough to really compete with those top teams in the NFC? And that's my last question for you. Are the defending Super Bowl champs and your your concerns or your thoughts on their ability to repeat it seems like they're just going to run it back uh obviously no whitworth having alan robinson there is fascinating to me as well what do you think about the rams entering this year as a as a contender to repeat i I think we say this a lot with those you know teams that that win it Uh, you know i look at this team and i go why not you know more than anything is that you know, what did they lose that says they can't go back, you know? And you talked about some of the things that they've gained and the talent they have and the way that they can win. You know, I always say that. To me, you know, teams that win championships are teams that can win different ways. And this is a team, to me, that can win on a lot of different levels with the talent and the players that they have. So, you know, I say, why not the Rams? I still think they're the best team in the NFC across the board. But as we know, Rich, every year, you know, it's not always just about who's the best team. It's about staying healthy. You know, it's about doing things at the right time. I mean, look at, you know, just Tampa. 
you know, possibly losing Ryan Jensen right off the bat. Mm. And, and, and what do those things mean? And so, you know, there's a lot to be determined. And I think staying healthy when you're trying to repeat, repeat um, becomes, you know, sometimes the biggest challenge. Um, and so it'll be something that I, I'll watch probably more than anything this year with the Rams. All right, Kurt, uh, you ready for the grind? You ready to roll? Ready for those early morning wake-ups on Sunday? Uh, what do you I think? am ready. I am ready to get me some film study in. Okay. Have somebody, somebody's got to play a little bit so I can start watching some film. Well, but, uh, uh, what do you, I'm excited about it. Wait a minute. So that means you, you're not doing your independent study right now? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, I, I do my independent study for other things. Okay. You know, to, you know, as we prepare, but I, I like to, you know, like you asked me about the Rams. Yes. I can go back and watch film from the Rams from last year, but that doesn't tell me anything about what they're going to be this year necessarily. So I look mm. forward to, to week one where I can just start diving into to seeing mm. who these teams are, especially like with these quarterback changes. You know, I want to see Matt Ryan in Indy. I want to see what that looks like. I want to see Russell Wilson in Denver with those young receivers and what that looks like. So I'm excited for that part of it to really figure out who these quarterbacks are going to be in their new situation. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like an excuse. I'll be honest with you. Uh, there's independent Whoa. study time, Kurt, that you have to do. Whoa. And that sounded like I'm, you were dodging. I'm not going to lie. Um, I was I was actually just going to jump on my computer and see watch some film today to see if how much Patrick Mahomes gets past his number one read. Did so, you see? Uh, <laughs> what is, what? I was thinking about oh, doing that to throw it up on my YouTube. So Kurt, that well, might be my film study for today. You're referring to a line from an anonymous defensive coordinator in the athletic piece that Mike Sando aggregated from a whole host of analysts and observers uh, and coaches in the league. How is there a defensive coordinator in the NFL who says Mahomes is a street ball guy that doesn't get past his first read? How does something like that happen, Kurt? Seriously. I, I think first we have to take it in context. Come on. Is that, you know, the first part of it, if you just read it like that, you're exactly right. I mean, Patrick is so good and he does so many things well that just on the surface, like, oh, if we take away his first read, then you know, whatever. He's not very good. I mean, even at street ball, he's, he's better than most guys at street ball. So, but <laughs> what you have to realize with defensive coordinators is that all of us as quarterbacks have flaws. You know, we have things, and again, we have things that we're not as good at as other things. And so what I believe that coordinator was really saying was, we got to figure out how do we stop Patrick Mahomes? So how we stop him is we try to take the first or the early reads away and we try to force him to get away from the context and force him to try to make some of those special plays. Does he make them? Yes. Do they lose very often? No. But when they lose, I believe that coordinator was saying, this is why they lose when they lose, is because teams are able to take that away from mm-hmm. them and force him to do other things. You know, every coordinator is going to have a book on a quarterback and go, no matter how great they've been, oh, this. This is what we need to get that guy to do, and now we have a chance, right? Let's get pressure on Brady. Oh, come on, he's the best to ever play. He's the best under pressure ever. Well, yeah, but when you get pressure on him, that's when he loses games. That, to me, is what that comment was about. Mm. You know, we get so hung up with, oh, my gosh, some coordinator said that, you know, there's a flaw or that somebody can't do this. No, it's a coordinator. You just got to get in your mind like, God, this guy's so good, like, but I got to get some confidence in my guys. Like, hey, if we get him to do this, he'll throw interceptions or he'll make mistakes, and we have a chance to beat him. I don't think that you know that coordinator was ever saying 
hey, this guy's not any good at this. Uh, if we just do this, Patrick Mahomes is never going to win a game. No, he's a great quarterback that does so many things well. We're just trying to force him to get to this point because now that gives us a chance. I don't know, man. I, I, that might just be you being uh, your usual gracious self there, Kurt. Uh, I, I mean, I read the quote over and over and over again. <laughs> and, you know, um, we'll, we'll put it up well, on the screen well, in a second. Well, either, but... either way, either way, I'll do the film study for us. And I'll let everybody know what I you see. You do that. Uh, in the meantime, um, you take care of yourself. And one of the things that you and I have in common is we're married to uh, very strong-willed, uh, terrific women. Uh, you have Brenda. I have Susie. Uh, right now, I have Susie with me on the air right now. Suze, you want to say hi to Kurt? Oh, wow. Hi, Kurt. Hi. You've been sitting there without saying a word this whole time? Well, I walked in late because I can't get fired. I was getting my makeup done, so I had to prioritize. Mm. I think you can relate to that. So I walked in quietly and listened to the film study in the background. So please don't watch TV. Don't watch TV. Don't watch TV while you're studying film. Just make sure that you focus. We are experts on on, on locking down on second screen time in our household for independent study time. Usually what I'm doing, Susan, is I'm watching film and focusing on the film. And then I got the Rich Eisen show in the background, oh, so I can so I can pick up the big landscape of what's going on, the big picture, what's been written about that day. Wow, I'm also doing my film study. Kurt is not spelled with an I; it's spelled with a U. I want you to I want you to have one eye on the Rich Eisen show, yes. one eye on Brenda Warner yes. at all times, because <laughs> that is one sexy fox. And then his heart on uh, on the film study. I think that's the. I way got we're two going. eyes on two eyes on Brenda, but my ears. My ears will be tuned into Rich. boy, I appreciate that. That's the, the beauty of being a simulcast. Kurt, thanks for the time. Uh, do I see you at the, in Canton next week? Are you I, oh, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, oh, I'll be covering sure. it. But obviously, Coach V's going in. Coach Vermeil's going oh, in. Oh, that's so right. I, I, I will be down there for sure. Yeah, he's the last speaker. Bust out the tissues. The tissues. Yes, no it's doubt. Coming. No doubt. Oh, Can't wait. We're going to rally. We're going to rally around that speech. <laughs> and we're going to finish up that day with that speech. It's going to be great. Yeah, that's right. It's All right. Be awesome. We'll see you in Canton, Can't Kurt Warner. You guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. The great Kurt Warner at Kurt13 Warner on Twitter and Instagram right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at The Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. 
That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code EISEN. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. It's the biggest party of the summer, everybody. Witness Brock Lesnar challenging Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship at SummerSlam, streaming live Saturday, 8 Eastern, right here on Peacock. And don't miss the fallout the following Monday on WWE Raw Live on USA Network, 8, 7 Central. TJ Jefferson, that leads in perfectly to your big ass grab yes, bag. It hit does. it, please. Hit it, what hit it. The world is in that bag. What you got in that bag? Ooh, yes, indeed. Kaboom. Guess who stepped in the room? <laughs> TJ here. Listen, you just said it, Rich. The biggest party of summer, the summer slams tomorrow. It's in Nashville. And the WWE, right? They had some open tryouts yesterday in Nashville, you know, trying to recruit new talent. Yeah. And there was a surprise there. Dwight Howard, former Laker, he popped up. Oh. Had a oh, character wow. named Shownuff from, uh, the, and he cut a pretty decent promo. Okay. I can't lie. Showed up from The Last Dragon. And also Derrick Henry. He's also a big WWE fan. Oh, my fan. goodness. Said he's going to be at SummerSlam. You know, okay. the nature boy Ric Flair showed up to Titans practice. He gave them a little bit of a hype speech right before his last match He's ever. the diminisher. That's his wrestling name. Yeah, this, uh, this Sunday. <laughs> That's his yeah. And, you know, that got me thinking. You know, there's always been other athletes that have come into wrestling and they've kind of made their way there and a lot of achieved success. So that got me thinking, what athletes from other sports what yes. I like to see come and become WWE superstars. That's the bag. So I dug into the big ass grab bag and I pulled out <laughs> TJ's top five athletes that I'd like to see as WWE superstars. Let's go. Coming at number five, I'm going to pick a New York Met, right? Daniel Vogelbach, all right? Yes. And he's a guy, look at him. Let me tell you something. I like guys like him because to quote the great American dream, Dusty Rhodes, I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day is supposed to look. My belly's a little big. My hiney's a little big. But brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. And just just like Bray Wyatt and Kevin Owens and even Mick Foley, even me, you know, we're kind of big fit guys might not look like they should be athletes, but Daniel Vogelbach, he's someone I like to see in there, drop some bionic elbows on somebody. Uh, coming at number four, everybody knows The Undertaker, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, before he was The Undertaker, he was a guy named Mark Callis, and he was in a tag team called the Skyscrapers. All right, he replaced Sid Vicious in this tag team, and he teamed up with a guy named Dangerous Dan Spivey. All three of these guys went from 6'8 to 6'10. All right. We need like a huge dominant tag team. And Brockman's not here, so I don't have to hear crap from it. But this is two <laughs> because I need a tag team. So what kind of big tag team could I put together? Hmm. I'm going to go with Joel Embiid and Bobon. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Could you imagine uh, yeah. these two as the new skyscrapers? Speaking of soup, you know, you right. got two legit seven soup. footers who would be probably listed at seven, six and okay. seven, four by wrestling terms. And I don't know if they're going to come out to China white by the scorpions, like the old skyscrapers did, but maybe they will. So that's a tag team. I'd like to see okay. Bobon and Joel coming in at number three. I got Serena Williams, right? Serena Williams might be the greatest female athlete of all time, but just imagine prime Serena, right? And I'm thinking of wrestlers like China and Beth Phoenix and Awesome Kong and Jazz. Just someone who's just physically dominant, just the amount of skill, her, her stature, her speed, her power, her intimidation. Serena Williams could have been just the bomb at wrestling. And I think you're getting a glimpse of that from what, 
Bianca Belair is doing and what Jade Cargo are doing. So Serena as a wrestler, I think that would be dope. Uh, coming in at number three, I'm sorry, that was number three. Coming in at number two, you always need kind of like a pretty boy wrestler who looks good in a suit, who's really rich and flaunts his wealth. And all the ladies love and all the men kind of hate because he's so pretty and rich and dresses well. And then he comes in and beats the crap out of you. What about Ronaldo? Imagine Ronaldo was oh, playing that Ric Flair role. He's too pretty. There were, hey, there was a guy named Gorgeous Gino Hernandez okay. back in the day. You know, Alberto he, Del Rio, so Ric Flair. Do, he Nick, does his eyebrows, right? He does Nick his Bockwinkle. His Guys like that. Him. He looks great in a suit. He'll go out there and he'll rough <laughs> you up a little bit. And coming in at number one, I got Aaron Donald. Oh, Aaron please, Donald. Man. I mean, come on, yeah, man. If there was Look a guy named Monty oh, Brown, the alpha male, he used to play for the Bills. He came in, and I think Aaron Donald could be like a 2.0 version of Monty Brown. You got a really nasty Big E. You got a guy named Minoru Suzuki. You might not know about him. He's just a Japanese wrestler who's terrible. Dick the Bruiser, the Anderson Brothers. You got right. Aaron Donald who just grind on you, pick a body part, and just wreck it. He's someone nice. I'd love to see in the WWE ring. So that's TJ's top five. Well done. Nice. Ronaldo does his eyebrows, right, Suze? For sure. <laughs> Correct? I mean, no there's nothing he doesn't do. <laughs> <laughs> well done, TJ. Thank you. Thank you. Feller, good job. Thank you, sir. Suze, outstanding. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a threat.